y'all. I just wanted to pop in real quick before the episode starts to let you know that this is an extra long episode, but is also kind of an introduction to uh, some things we're going to be bringing into the podcast in the not-so-so-distant future. Eventually, I would like to start a Patreon. Um, That's not something that I'm doing probably this week or next week, but it'll be soon. And one of the things that I'd really like to have in my Patreon for people that are a part of that is something um, of like extra bonus content where I discuss things with my guests that are a little bit outside of tarot and things that they do and their practices. And a little bit of that taste is going to be the first probably 15-ish or more minutes of this episode. Naomi kind of interviews me and asks me some questions about things she's interested in in regards to what I do with speech spirit work and past life regressions. And uh, I think it's really interesting. And so my husband and I chose to keep it in the episode um, because it is kind of a really great example of what I would hope to have included in Patreon in the not so so distant future. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hi, everybody. It is Jacqueline Kitzman, and I am here with the coolest person in the entire world. I can't wait for you guys to talk to her. Um, This is Awakened Tarot. Uh, It's both Instagram and podcast, and it's the same thing. This joke is old. Uh, My guest today is Naomi. Naomi, can you say hi? Hi, I'm Naomi Muller. I'm a tarot reader, uh, dream healing guide, writer, mother. Dream healing guide. Yeah, that's a newer label I've uh, accepted for myself. <laughs> I'm pinning that. Keep going. I'm coming okay. back. No, that's it, I think. I don't know. I have I, – the list is really long, but, like, I also – it's I have a hard time describing what all I do because I feel like I'm just, like, expanding and refining all the time, redefining, so. I love that, though. Like, isn't that how it's supposed to be? Just, like, redefining and – yeah, I feel like when things are, when I'm in an expansion, that's how it feels. When I'm in a more contractive space, I'm like, I'm just a person, leave me alone, <laughs> you know? Um, I feel that so heavily. Can you tell people what the name? Yeah, it's Sleepy House Healing. So just a little, like, backstory. That name um, just kind of came to me. Sleepy House Tarot is what I used before that, but... um healing kind of incorporates the dream healing stuff too. But, um, so I just, I don't, I don't want to say randomly name my business that, but I named my business that. And my mother was like, how do you remember that reference? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, don't you remember your great grandma would rock you to sleep when you were a baby and say, go to sleepy house. It was just like a weird little phrase that she would say. And so it's like, somehow I like remembered that. And, and I named my business before ever really knowing that's why I named it that. Um, well, and, and I guess I was also thinking of like that space between sleep and awake and how magical that is that liminal area where you can really like learn so much and go deep. So yeah, so there's like a little ancestral tie in there for me for my matrilineal line. And I love that because ancestor honoring is like really important to me. So yeah. Okay. I did not know that that that's how you got that name. That is, that is such a special story. That's like a story that I want to like put in a locket and like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, there's like a little more info about it, like on my on my website. But yeah, so my great grandmother's name was Bibi, um, or that's what we called her, Bibi. And it's so funny. I like remember her very little. Very, I don't know if I really remember her. If I just remember like stories about her and have put a face there. But um, yeah, uh, and I'm really lucky that now my son Lewin has his great grandmother, my Nana. So Bibi's daughter, who's my grandmother. Um, and so I have a really strong connection with my, um, my mother's line, you know, my mother's mother's mother's. So, um, such a gift. I don't have that. My mom's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have read that and I, so I feel like a lot less connected to my dad's side. Um, but the women on my dad's side, it's like, I feel like there's like a lot of, I don't know, interesting, but heartbreaking stories to kind of, um, process, you know, as far as like honoring them. So, um, also just wanted to tell you too, like, you know, you have ancestor relationships that are not your mom too. So like, you know, um, you don't even have to be blood related to, honor an ancestor. So I hope you still have some sort of like access point for that. If it's something you want, I will say I very deeply do. And it's not something like, I don't, I'm not gonna, I won't talk about it here. And I don't know if something is very personal. Like I hold it, I hold it in me and I work with it. And I have, I have this thing that talks and speaks and works with me. Um, so like I do a lot of spirit work. So, um, and I do past life regressions. So I'm very, very in that way. Like I have a shitty mom. Mm -hmm. And that's not there, but I do have this connection and this ability to kind of go beneath or behind a veil and have connections to ancestral links that I might not otherwise have had. So I am very blessed in that aspect. Good. Yeah. I think the past life regression stuff is so interesting to me because, um, well, this came up recently and I just want to, I want to ask you what you think about it actually, because you, um, you seem like the perfect person to ask because I'm like, not, I'm not super knowledgeable about past life, um, reincarnation kind of stuff. So I know you're the perfect person to ask. So I guess I'm wondering how, um, ancestor like communication and past life, like even those things being a thing, how, how can that, um, coexist, I guess. And and in your mind, like, how does that work? I'm just so curious, really. So think of it this way. You have, you have a body and your body carries the DNA of ancestral past, but yeah, ancestral past belongs to the earth. That is something the earth gives you. It gives you these ways to anchor and ground and connect to these connect to people and kind of like have a footprint in each life to go back. Whereas your energy, your soul, that thing that keeps reincarnating into different lives, that is primordial. That has always been and always will in recycles. And this is why you can, when you do like, this is why you can do things like talk to ancestors or feel your ancestors so much in your body. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so like through your third eye, your crown and your heart, have this connection to something else. And it's because it's two different kind of, it's two different links. It's the kind of concept of like, you cannot expand and go in and like meditate and go up without a connection to your third eye and crown, um, Mm. but without like an anchor. So you have to have an anchor to be able to do that. Otherwise you'll float up, up and away, but it's Mm. also true in the reverse. Like you cannot ground into your ancestral roots until you have this more of this ability to like 
understand that while you do, while you are, it's, it's like empathy, right? So you're connected to your body and yes, you care about you and you care about your family and where you came from, but you have to care about others. Mm. And that collective consciousness comes from that energetic primordial type energy. Did I explain that? Well, I feel like I'm no, no, I think you're going in a really interesting place. I guess I'm more wondering. So like, do you think when, when there is that ancestral communication, it's like anchors, we're communicating with our other ancestors anchors, not their souls because it, their soul would be reincarnated again, maybe, or I, I'm lost, but it's not your no, no, your soul. Okay, so here's Adelio. This is very complicated, but this is how it works. Um, somebody may disagree with me, but this is how I have experienced it. Okay, perfect. I'm going to use Gabriel's aunt as an example. She recently died um, a couple months ago, and I reached out to her because I knew that Gabe might ask. So I reached out to her first, and um, she very clearly said, I appreciate this, but I don't want to come back. Because when souls, pieces of souls can come back, it's not like a full, like when somebody, when you have a spirit in your house, it is an imprint of that energy, a piece of it, right? It's not that full person because at, in the, like, uh, you can think of our souls as a wheel. The soul is the axis and coming mm. off of the axis is all of these spokes and all of those spokes are your different lives. And fun fact, they're all happening at the same time. Time oh. here. So every time you have an epiphany that is a future or past, a different spoke on the wheel, learning something that helped you in the moment you needed it. So when you were talking to a spirit, Aunt Laura said, I would be happy to talk to you in a different form, but do not call me back to a body that I couldn't walk in. She had MS and she couldn't walk. <sighs> so I can talk to her in a different form, but it's not mm -hmm. really Aunt Laura. It is Aunt Laura's spirit, like her mm -hmm soul energy but I love her as Aunt Laura she doesn't want to talk because she mm. can't walk and that was something that was really hard for her mm. um, so if that makes sense so like you can see imprints of people and how they were like little memories almost because memories are energetic but yeah. they can go on to reincarnate I love that no thank you so much because um actually I ask this question to like all kinds of people all the time because oh. The answers can be so rich, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially when there are people like you who really hold both in reverence because some people are just like, well, I just don't, ancestor communications, like not real. Or some people are like, well, past lives aren't real, you know, and I'm just like, I, I kind of think everything is true. <laughs> like most things are probably true. To some like, put me in for everything. I'll have yeah. Yeah. Like, let me have a sample of all of this. So, and, and I think it's like my journalism degree, just speaking when I, when I like, I know it's like your podcast and now I'm asking you questions. <laughs> like, I just, I want to know everybody's perspective on things. So that's Ask just something I want. <laughs> What's that? Ask me as many questions as you want. <laughs> well, that was the main one. Just that's the one, like when there's something I personally am like trying to process or like just not decide, but you know, understand in like a bigger way, just like to ask people that, you know, and it's not a question anyone can answer. Like if I ask, you know, some random person in my town, they're like, what? <laughs> Jesus is Lord, you know, and that's fine. That's fine for them. But you know, <laughs> Like, you just can't ask everybody these questions. I spend a lot of time talking to, so like what's very interesting is that I once did a past life regression for somebody 
And when I do a past life regression, I don't close anything off. And so like I, if it's a, uh, a past life of theirs and they come in, that's great. If it's like an ancestor that's coming in, great. Sometimes it's both. So sometimes for some people, they have these kind of loops. So I did a past life regression one time where somebody's great aunt came in and they also happened to be their past life. And I was like, all right, sit down. I got, I have a doozy for you. <laughs> it, it's very, it's very interesting um, how this works. And I, all I can do is I don't make the rules of this. All I can do is interpret what comes forward and then just try to listen and talk to them because there are things that like as a human or as humans, we will not understand because mm -hmm. that is the gift of being human. It is I like how you call it a gift because I feel like it's so easy to be like, that's the limitation, you know, that's the, but no, it is a gift in many ways. I agree. It's a gift. You couldn't live, you couldn't live life on earth, be part of nature in the way that like our primordial souls want so badly to be, or they wouldn't keep reincarnating into them and mm -hmm. you know everything. And if you think about it, the more often that you know things, the more often, the more intuitive you are, the more prone to like depression, anxiety, trauma you are. It's, it's very often hand in hand. Um, not for everybody. And that's like a huge, that's a huge gift as well. But very often, the more information you have about the beyond, the more like do you, so that's my, okay. Next question. I'm the interviewer now. No, Naomi's so podcast, Awaken Naomi. The Sleepy House Healing Podcast. Welcome. My name is Naomi. Um, <laughs> no, but um, so my next question is, so do you believe that those of us who are intuitive tend to go through things like traumatic things, or do you think that going through traumatic things and hardships are what build our intuition or not build our intuition, but help us rely on our, our intuition so, like with chicken or egg. <laughs> so actually I, I think about this a lot and, um, I have an answer and that's not going to make anybody happy, but this is my answer. Okay. <laughs> Nervous you have spring, but because you have spring, you have storms. You have humanity, but because you have humanity, you have trauma. You don't get more because you're intuitive. You don't get less because you're not. You just, you're a human, so human things happen. I think that as a human who grew up with a very abusive parent um, and has had other, like, severe traumas happen, it's really hard for me to be like, it was your life, whatever chose this, and it's meant to be, and you're going to mm -hmm. think about all of the levels you're getting, like, in, like, expand, you know, like think of all the video game levels you're winning. And to me, that's kind of like, I see like the good intention there, but mm -hmm. it's not, it's not the truth. People who are intuitive have lived eons of different lives because to be intuitive is a very human thing. You wouldn't look at a spirit and be like, wow, spirit, you're so intuitive. No, they're spirit. It's intuitiveness mm -hmm. is a very human thing. And because it's a human thing, anybody can tap into that. Um, but being human also means that you know, you look at a flower and a flower grows and a child comes up and picks the flower, right? Mm. For that flower, that's a trauma. That flower is dead. Mm. And I didn't ask for it. It just grew and it was beautiful. Um, and somebody came up and picked it. And mm. that flower may go on to live in a vase or get dried or be used in a spell. But, you know, like that is, that is life. And so as a human, 
when you experience trauma, you can, as a human, make the best of it. You can grow from it. You can take it and take the truth of what happened to you and use it as a tool to help mm -hmm. others or push you forward. And that is, you know, the beautiful part of the spell that comes from you getting picked, <laughs> as mm -hmm. you know. But I would say that as far as like intuitives being drawn to trauma, I would say that a lot of people drawn to tarot mm. have experienced trauma um, because they want answers like that. But I think the really like almost controversial, really hard truth is that trauma happens because thunderstorms happen, because earthquakes happen, because tornadoes happen. Because the world is either very chaotic or there's an order that we just can't understand but I love that you say that though because it I think one problem that I've had with some people with who are like deep into reincarnation and like maybe they're just learning and this is why they say this but they're like you chose this life before you were born and I just uh, I agree that that's like it almost feels like victim blaming because even if a soul did choose the life it's like I didn't know this imprint this anchor she didn't choose none of this shit, you know? appropriate <laughs> to say that because that's definitely not the, the the religion that, like, really celebrates and believes in reincarnation. They're not sitting mm. there going, oh, yeah, like, every time you die, doesn't matter what you did this life because, like, you're going to choose what you do in the next one. I mean, like, choose your own punishment. No. You, you know, and, like, I'm not saying that I necessarily believe that, like, <laughs> your karma, your bad or your good determines where you go next. But I am saying, like... You know, you can't take somebody else's religion, put your own spin on it, and then be like, that's how it works. No, I love that you're saying this so much because I do think that there's like a westernized, really whitewashed view that gets, even the word karma, I don't even use that word most of the time because I realize that so many of us are not using it correctly. And I for sure, like my teenage years and even probably early 20s, I was like, karma's a bitch, me, me, me. It's like, that is not what it means, you know? And I'm just not, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not educated enough in that realm to, um, to really say anything about any of those things other than ask questions, which I'll keep doing. <laughs> I love the questions. And you know, like, this is something that like, I would not know if I did not have the privilege of talking to, to, to like spirits and like being in that world. That's not something that any of us have. What I will say, the idea that you go in choosing your struggles is a very, it is a very whitewashed positivity always way of dealing with trauma. It makes, a, it, it's almost like a shut up, right? Like if I were to like be talking to somebody about my endometriosis and crying and somebody was like, well, you know, like your soul chose this. It's almost like, shut up. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it reminds me a little bit of like Calvinism, which I do know a little more about, you know, the Christian so, some, you know, the Calvinist specifically mindset of like, well, God loves me. That's why my life is good. And it's fine for me to just hoard wealth and I'm chosen. <laughs> yeah. And it's like not, it's very individualist and like really harmful. And it's part of why I think I got really early on turned off Mm -hmm. um, in Christian churches that I was part of, but that is not to say, I do believe, of course, there are Christian communities and people who are wonderful people and that's not how they view it, you know, but unfortunately growing up in the rural South where appearance can be more important than truth um, and looks can be more important. I think like surface level bullshit is more important than true spirit connection. I just really quickly realized that was a dead end for me. Yeah. Um, yeah which, you know, 
rock the boat a little bit, but whatever. Well, and, and it's going to, and it's going to rock the boat. You know, um, there, there are so many things that we as people have to learn to do responsibly. One of those things is finding our truth and living it in a way that like does not tell a truth for other people. Um, mm. Because I, you know, like the more things you know, the more you, the more you don't, the more you understand you don't know. And so like, I've been able to see ghosts, ghost spirits my entire life. I've been able to talk to things and have these, like, uh, these downloads from, from my, my guide and guardian, like constantly. Um, and that comes with a lot of responsibility of understanding that like, this is happening, but it is happening to me mm-hmm. and that I need to tell other people all of these things because they're a different person or they have a different religious connection or they have a different tie to something else. The really beautiful thing about earth in general is that, you know, we have a God of 10,000 names a goddess. And I tend to think that God is androgynous and encapsulates all form of gender. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, they have different names for every facet of humanity, which means that earth and energy may work different for everyone. Who am I to say that the way that I am being told things is right? It's right for me, and I'm more than happy to talk about it and share what I know because maybe someone's like, oh, okay, so this is how, yes, this is right. I understand, and I fit this way. Mm. I love that, though. I love that, like, because I feel so often, and I've felt this way my whole life, especially as a child. Like, I'm just this little teeny child, and there's this great giant universe, right, that I just cannot get enough of it and I can't explore all of it. And I, there's this part of me that's very, you know, human that just like wants to know everything. But the older I get, the more I realize like, it's okay to be the tiny child in this giant forest and not be able to turn over every rock. Um, Mm -hmm. My, my view from down there is going to be different from, you know, the bird's view that's on the tree or whatever if that makes sense so I did a lot of like nature connection as a child like I had a lot I had that benefit of just being outside all the time and I feel like that's really where I got so many messages and I've had droughts in my life like I've had people like pick on me when I was a kid like shut up you don't know what you're talking about and like I internalized that for a while but I'm lucky that my family um didn't didn't try to shut me up too much about those things. Um, and my mom is clairaudient, which she would never say that, but she is before something big happens. She hears a bell ring. That is very interesting. I love, I love that. I, um, I, I have definitely, um, I get my guide blows in my ear. It's not clairaudience. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost like, my ear is popping because I'm like go. I'm getting like higher in altitude, but it's not that because it comes out my other ear. Mm. <laughs> so it, like comes that's in his ear, comes out as ringing, and that's when you know it's almost like it, they're not speaking. Like it's it's a it's a voice I can't understand because the voice that's speaking to me isn't a human. Who I very often think that people who can trans like they're like oh yes somebody told me this and this word I'm like they didn't tell you it that way you translated it that way in your head because it's very probable that the person speaking to you doesn't understand English. Mm. spirit and you're a human i haven't thought of it that way uh it's 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I always wonder too, though, because maybe for some people it feels like, I feel like my ancestor communication uh, relationships, like they are so freaking patient with me. Like <laughs> they spell shit out. And I mean, I don't know. Did you ever go through any droughts, like years of just being like, nope, none of this. I can't do this. Like, this is too hard. Like I'm going to just be you know, a party girl or whatever. Like that was me. I was just like, I'm a party girl. I don't know. Like whatever. Too, too scary, too hard. In the spring of 2015, before I moved to Nashville, I weighed about 95 pounds. I'm five nine. That is very thin. I look like Coraline's mother. You've seen that movie. Just like, like spindly. Mm-hmm. And I was very depressed and I was dealing with a lot of repressed stuff from child abuse and assault and Um, I lived in a house by myself with no furniture because I was eventually supposed to move to Nashville with my family. And there was a ghost that lived in this house. It was over a hundred years old and my church owned it. We rented it from the church. It was just like a temporary thing. So there was a time when I, I whittled myself away to nothing and I didn't believe in any of it except this ghost, this spirit that like walked and stomped and banged on doors. And he did this. I, I, I say he because I saw them and they presented masculine um, and spoke when I finally did like sit with them and talk and they were male. Um, but at any time I was about to kill myself, like they would start pounding on things or banging on things. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit down and just be like, this isn't real. I'm insane. This is crazy. I'm, in, I'm crazy. This isn't, none of this is real. All of this stuff I can do mm-hmm. is because I'm very, very, very sick. Um, mm-hmm. And then at one point, it didn't work. I don't know why it didn't work. It just didn't work. Um, and doors were open. Like, um, this house was old, so it didn't have, like, a crawl space. It had little tiny, like, doors. And all of mm-hmm. those doors were open, and things were everywhere. And I woke up from this kind of being like, okay, like, I obviously didn't do that. So I have to, like, I'm in a drought. And if I want to get out of the drought, I have to let myself believe in myself. I have to believe in me and I have to find a way to like want to live. So I moved to Nashville and I went to therapy and I started getting better and the drought started to go away and the fog started to go away. And I started to hear things again in the way I used to and download information the way I used to. And actually um, when I finally was in recovery and no longer classified as an anorexic by legal standards, uh, I went to a concert and saw my husband who threw trash at my foot and that's how we met. And the very <laughs> loud voice I hadn't heard. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> this loud voice in my head, the voice that I had before I got very sick, just screamed, that's your husband. I feel like I've heard you tell that part of the story before. That's so sweet. So yeah. Um, and thanks for sharing that, all of that. Yeah. It is. It's, it, that is like, you know, like as hard as our contractions are, I think about it like death is the biggest contraction in the tarot we can have. Mm. And the thing that comes right after that is temperance, which is the yeah. expansion. If you contract so deep into a drought that you just are so, everything is so dark and so confused and you're just like, you're feeling so just you, so small. Hmm. That is that is the epitome of the death card. That is what being in death is like. It's recognizing yourself in everything, understanding hmm. your place, understanding that above anything else you are nature. And then once you kind of like find the holiness in that, that's hmm. when fucking temperance hits. And now that's when everything re-expands and mm-hmm. you finally start feeling that you're by being nature, you are now connected to everything. Yeah, yes, I so agree. I've never thought about like death and temperance in the way of like, 
death is almost like accepting that like you're not special. We all do this. And I feel like temperance is accepting. We are all actually very holy because mm-hmm. we exist, you know? So that's, yeah. Oh, deep, deep talks. I need to talk to you more. I love, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having so much fun. This is where my brain is like at all day. And so like, I'm very excited to like, my husband gets a lot of this. My sweet, sweet, sweet husband. (laughs) I'm like, guess what I thought about today? And he's like, motherfucker. Now I have, now I get, now I get the privilege. Well, it's, you know, I make a lot of like herbal medicine and that's like something close to my heart. And my husband is just like, bless him. He gives me so much space to be who I am, but he's like, "Mm -mm, I don't want to take that tincture. Like I am not interested in your tea, you know, like, and that's fine. He's, they should be because you make amazing things. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what I even gave you. Did I give you a tincture or a a tincture of iris? Oh no. An an essence. Yeah. Essence. Yes. Iris essence. And then you also gave me these dream gummies. Oh yeah. Tell you about the dream gummies. I took, so, okay, so the first night, Gabe wanted two as well. So we made up about the house. We, uh, we realized it was a bad decision because it was falling apart. Gabe likes really old falling apart houses that um, I didn't pay $1,400 a month for. So um, I took, <laughs> so, yes, so I took two of the gummies and Gabe gave the two. And I, so I do a lot of um, astral projection and dream travel. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, so I took these and I zoomed all over the place. I was like, we, I was me all over the world. Gabe was like, yeah, I had some really cool dreams. And I was like, that's so great, but you're not getting the last two. Those are mine. <laughs> I'll make more. I'll make more. I just got to get more wine because I'm pretty sure I did a wine infusion. Yeah. So great. Like, um, so just so you know, like, as far as like Naomi goes in regards to like making things and working with nature, like so potent, so amazing. Um, I still have my, I still have like a little, I have a little bit of my essence left. I love it. I just like, that's a really cool thing because Gabe also like works with nature and makes things and he makes teas and gathers herbs and is very like herbal mm. medicinally. And I am like, I will take five ibuprofen and <laughs> you can do both. I have endometriosis. If I don't, then I'll cry all day long. You can totally do both. I mean, I am ADHD and I take ADHD medication and it took me a long time to get here at 29. I've started taking it and my life has changed and I also love herbs. So, you, you know, it's really a blend, I think, of things that work for you. And yeah. it's, you know, anybody that's going to like gatekeep herbal medicine, because you also take Western medicine, I just, I don't really have any use for their teachings personally. Um, <laughs> and I love herbal medicine, but you know, I, uh, it's a, it's a balance, you know, until I find something that will work for my ADHD consistently in the same way, yeah. I'm going to take my doctor prescribed medicine, which is also not perfect. Um, and that's, you know, if people don't like it, they can butt a stump as my, <laughs> as my Texas family would say. I they love that. But a stump is as far as like fuck off. And I think it's so sweet because it's, they're so polite and they're like, you know, they're the people I would say are like very much like the kind of Christians that like, you know, everybody, thinks they're that kind of Christians, you know, like the good, the really like loving, sweet kind, but they really are like, it's genuine, you know? So that's so great. And I mean, like, and it's like, I mean, like with any, any religion that like is a, is a group 
is a group activity. You know, you want to strive to be inclusive. And I grew up, my grandpa was a pastor. My dad was, he was a preacher for a while. I grew up in a Lutheran church where it was not at all like that. And I grew up very judgmental and very like sour and in very pious. And, um, around 17, I, at one point I was like, I don't really agree. <laughs> I like, I know what you guys want me to say, but I don't like really like get it. Um, and that was the same thing. And like, as I've gone, like that was a huge thing. Like people were pissed. Cause it was like, Oh no, Jackie's walking away. And like, being liberal but you know like a lot of them have come around because you know one of the things like that christians spout very often is like live your life in a way that people also want to live it but when you are a person who is genuinely living your life for other people and kindness and compassion like people are just going to naturally kind of be like what's in your coffee like Mm. you know um in any, in any kind of, in any kind of base, whether that's tarot, um, living your life out of that kind of pagan mindset or Christianity or, um, like Muslimism. I don't think that's an appropriate term. I think I made up that word. Islam. It, thank you. I mean, okay. I, I think that's like an offensive thing. I mean, it's like you misspoke, but it's not like, you know, it definitely is not, was not meant to be offensive, but definitely was ignorant. Cause I should know Islam. I should know that. Well, it's no. okay. I'm sure it's, I, I mean, it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's not based in any kind of like oppressive, like it's like you literally just misspoke. It's okay. And but I, this podcast, you know, that's constant. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled a card while we were talking and, but do you usually pull it or? Can no, what? tell me what card you pulled. Well, I'm just laughing really hard because this is the card that last year I pulled over and over and over and it was driving me nuts until I realized that like, it's not bad to do that. You know, it's six of cups. Oh, and this is the card that like, just, I just, every time I see it, like it, I'm a lover's card, life card person. So the sixes are just special to me. And it's like, I've really been feeling six of cups for real again, you know, and like coming home to that. And also like, I was mentioning this recently as well on Instagram that like, y'all can't see this, but there's almost every depiction I've ever seen of six of cups. There's flowers in cups and it looks like flower essences to me. Yes. Oh, that's precious. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to do this card because um, <laughs> I've been pulling this card a lot. I told Naomi earlier, this isn't really a secret, but Gabriel and I are trying for kids and it's harder for me because endo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been trying for a few months and it's not worked. Um, but I, I've been pulling that cup a lot. And this cup is a very, this cup is so this card, this cup is so deep. Those cups are so deep because, um, it's also a card that I've had to work with a lot in regards to like healing that inner child, that inner Mm -hmm. nostalgia. Like this card is either one that comes up from people and they're like, holy shit. Like, I love this, my inner child, my heart, this giving of myself, like is so Mm -hmm. great. And then there's other people who go like, my childhood was a mess and this is upsetting to see. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. How do you feel seeing it? Like when you've been pulling it and knowing the fertility kind of journey you've been on, like, how do you feel about it? Um, You know, when I pull this card, I, I like to consider this card actually in my head, this card is kind of like a precursor to the page of cups. Um, the Page of Cups is often very depicted as a youthful being. And in the Six of Cups, you have two youthful beings, which is 
you and this childlike self talking to your inner child and you and you're sharing this sharing these cups right and these cups have flowers growing out of them you're growing life from these cups it's you know like even if like for me like i did have a hard childhood and i it was not easy um something that i've learned in regards to having traumatic childhoods and i think this is i like this for a lot of people there were still moments even in trauma that I'm able to hold on to is beautiful. Like my mother who was terrible to me did give me like two genuine gifts in my life. One was an amethyst ring, which I wore for years. Cause it was like in this one moment, my mom loved me in this one moment. Um, and it's why I love amethyst now. Um, and she gave me a jewelry box, which recently broke. And that was a very six of cups thing for me cause it broke and it was the only other genuine gift. And it wasn't an expensive jewelry box. You probably got it from the dollar store, but I saw that on Instagram and I love what you wrote. And tell them, say what you wrote, because I, I think it's important. I'm trying to remember. I, I think I said something along the lines of, like, it, my, this jewelry box that my mom gave me broke, and I was very sad and devastated. But then I remembered, that's okay. So I found a jewelry box I really liked, and mm-hmm. I can be my own mom. And I love that. I love that last, like, I'm my own mom. Like, and you really, coming to that, like, reading that and knowing that you're trying for a baby. It's like, I just, I, um, wanted to cry reading that because it's so important that you've come around to that before having a child. And, and I do feel like that's coming for you. You know, I really, I, I really, you know, I feel, I feel very hopeful and like, that's all you can be, right. That's six of cups. It's like what, when all you can be is hopeful, like and I think a lot of times, like, we're afraid of hope, right? Because a lot of times, especially people who are, like, very, like, kind of pessimistic to nature, like me, uh, you know, you kind of, like, hope is a scary thing because it's much easier to just, like, assume that things are not going to go well. But hope mm-hmm. is a gift. Hope is a I, – I stitched this because um, I've been pulling the Six of Cups so frequently. I stitched – I embroidered this on a thing, and um, it's a Emily Dickinson poem, but it's uh, hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And that is one of my absolute favorite poems of all time. Um, and it, it speaks to me in this because this child in you, this heart in you, the six of cups, like they don't speak. They're not loud. All they do is hold out a thing like this cup for you to drink from, or this flower for you to, to hold, you know, they're, mm-hmm. and they're not going anywhere. They're, they're perched there in your soul like that. Um, and you can't get rid of it. It's hope and faith and love. There are all these things that mm-hmm. you can shut I down and turn away from. Hmm. And play, I think it's like just something, something that's accessible to all, to pretty much everyone. Like one of the few things it's like, we can always play actually. It doesn't require toys or stuff. No. It can be like. Or perfection. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, like you can, you don't need money or items or you can, Play is a thing that's intrinsically a part of you. And like, I don't, I want to know your thought on this, but like, you know, I think in the six of cups, what we're being given and these things we're we're being invited to kind of pay attention to and notice these are things that we have intrinsically. Like these are things that we can have and do despite Mm. any, any other circumstance. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's so innate, right? Nobody teaches a baby how to like laugh or play I mean, they, they, we don't teach them how to cry and ask for what they need either. But, you know, it's like one of the, I think play is also just something that I think all beings have always done too. 
like even just connecting back with like our talk about like ancestors and stuff, like very, very, very old research into civilizations. Like they had games, you know, they had, um, all kinds of stuff that they, you know, it looked very different from what we might consider fun, but. (laughs) Right. And you know, on that point, like what you said about like crying and like, uh, you know, the six of cups is almost this, this, this child saying anything you feel is important. Like you, these Mm -hmm. things that you feel innately, these are all things that are yours. Nobody can take them from you. Like even anger and sadness, like, those are things like from a young child, if we taught children to own their emotions and to take it mm-hmm. and like drink from it, like if you're sad, like be sad, don't let the sadness own you. Don't turn away from it because it's not real. There's beauty in these things that were, that are harder to feel, but we would not feel them if we were not supposed to. And you know, this little being, this child, they do children up until the age of 10. Um, and sometimes a little bit older than that, they live in survival mode. Empathy is mm-hmm. not like, a prominent part of their personality yet and their development. Like empathy can be displayed, but it's not something they live out of. They're really mm-hmm. living for survival. And they'll be, the more, um, the more they know their needs are being met, the more empathetic they become. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about it, but this card also kind of reminds me of those developing years, you know, those years, like, what is it? Two to five in yeah. particular that we're really, really deeply developing our sense of the world and like other people and mm-hmm. like what is supposed to happen. And obviously we don't fully understand that these are like lessons until we're older and out of, you know, the me, me, me survival mode. Right. Yeah. But, I just love how there's like two people in this card too. It's like they're, they're already, um, they're learning and developing that sense of like, I'm not the only person. And I think of the lover's card too. And so like, it's a, you know, the twins, right? Like it's a mirror. And so these two people, these two children are kind of like understanding like, Oh, you know, you also, there's a light inside you too. Like you are also a person. (laughs) It is. And it's, it's this heart to heart mentality because sixes are all about heart. Um, they're all about, you know, tarot is internal first and sixes are always like heart based kinds of things. Cause in the seven, it's like, this is what you feel. And then in seven, it's self-realization. You take those emotions and now you're able to rationalize them and go forward to make a big, like transform decision in an eight honor in the nine and completion in the 10. So, you know, for the six, my, actually my year card, my solar year is the lovers. So six Mm. has been like a number that like, I've really tried to like pay attention to and feel with my, feel with my, um, feel with the water inside my body, feel with my soul, my, all that. You're, you're in a lover's year. Yes. Because, because I was in a lover's year when I got pregnant. Oh, I've got fingers crossed. My husband and I got married this year. Yeah. Um, I've really had to like come to terms with like familial stuff this year. There are some big changes there. Um, you know, like I, uh, my mother contacted me after the tornado. Um, mm. and I just like, are you alive? And I really had to sit down and be like, does this woman who was so violent and mean to me does she deserve to know I'm alive and I came to the conclusion that she gave me nothing else she gave me a ring a jewelry box in life I can tell her if I'm alive and I don't have to tell her anything else Mm -hmm. and that was a really big moment for me of just being like 
the person you made and that you were so horrible to and all of the times you beat the fuck out of me, I didn't say this, but I'm alive and you should know I'm alive. Mm. I threw you in a tornado. <laughs> before we got on, uh, I'm going to expose us because we did talk a little before we ha- started recording and told the secret. But so you said something about me having like really great boundaries and I love that you are noticing that I am working on those because I don't think I do, but because of this whole like pandemic thing, you know, this like global collective bullshit of like, ah! <laughs> I have had to really learn more boundary work. Um, like really, especially when it comes to saying no to things I desperately want to do. Yeah. Um, things I really just, Oh, I want to say yes, but I, you know, I'm really good at saying no when I mean, when I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't have a problem, but when I really want to do something, I have a hard time. So anyway, like people wanting to gather yes. last week and pay me money that I need yeah. for my work. But I like, I can't do that, <laughs> you know? And so. that is so six of cups too, because it is also about like understanding that you have to be able to take care of yourself even when the answer is no. And it's hard. And it's, you know, even when like the cup you're being given you desperately want to drink from, but you know that somebody else spit in it. So you can't, you know what I mean? Like it is, mm-hmm. it is very much this kind of like heartfelt boundaries, heartfelt love. And you know, like you have to make decisions. You have to take care of yourself because sometimes in a six of cups, we're in survival mode. So yeah, yeah. I've never thought of it that way, but that is such an interesting way. I've been thinking too about how six of cups reminds me of like coming home to myself and really like, um, I have lived just for people that do not know me and know this, I'm living in a house that I lived in as a child, one of my childhood homes. And I have not felt home here until like literally a month ago. And I'm finally really coming home and like remembering things here that were special, but not like, I I have to like breathe new life into it. I can't like live in the past, but I also, um, I don't want to like not honor the life that was spent here with my family. So I had this crazy dream as usual. I had this dream that actually you can kind of see it. There's a pantry in here. I had a dream that there was a mule and a bull in there. I couldn't get them out. And I'm pretty sure I was a kid in the dream. And there's other weird stuff that happened, but that pantry has just been full of crap for like the, the whole time we lived here, like two years. And I'm like, why is there a bull and a mule or a donkey in there? And I grew up with a donkey. So that's something, <laughs> and cows actually. So anyway, um, my husband and I, huh? I grew up with livestock. I grew up with animals. Yeah. So my husband started cleaning it out for me. And I was just remembering, like, I have a lot of memories from that pantry because my stepfather, who I also consider you know, an an ancestor for me, even though we weren't blood related, like we're talking about. Yeah. So he, um, used it as a music studio. And so now it's going to, it's going to become my witchy office. And so there's this like integration of like my, when I say past lives, I'm almost always meaning former lives in this body. Like I'm integrating that with like my current reality, but like that place needs to have creative work coming out of it, you know? Yeah. So 
I love that. And you know, you know, something that you, when you said, when you're saying, when you're talking about coming back home and, and feeling that in the six of cups, I just want to point out that the six of cups is very reminiscent of the two of cups, which has two houses in the background. My friend Robin pointed that out to me in the two yeah. of cups episode, but in the two of cups, we are where we are healing and we have to be where we are healed to be able to go back. That's why the six of cups comes after the two of cups and we, mm. we have to be we have to meet ourselves where we are first and heal to be able to feel safe to go back. It's that same kind of idea of like anchoring into nature, anchoring into your body. And so mm-hmm. it's almost even the same positioning. Like somebody is giving a cup to you. I'm looking for this card while you talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so in the six of cups, we're coming back like heart-based, our hearts giving cups to somebody else, not mm-hmm. just like our bodies and where we are, which is in the two. Isn't that interesting? I just like never, I heard you say this on the podcast, but I had never really noticed the houses in the background ever. I had neither. And I don't think a lot of like tarot readers who've had cards forever. Robin is just really like detail oriented specific. And she was like, yeah, there's like two houses in the back of this. And I was like, Robin, what? (laughs) fucking kidding me. And there were. The card in my brain doesn't have, well, this particular version doesn't have it either, but. um, I'm looking for my two cups for you. Here's mine. Oh, yeah. What is your life card? It is the chariot. (laughs) Last year, I went through a chariot year. So that's funny because that's your life card. And then you're going through a lover's year this year. And that's my life card. I've really had to learn um, in this, at least in this body, I very much struggle. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I know what's after this life. I like I work with the beyond. So I have a lot of like... um, suicidal ideation of like, oh, life's hard. What if I just toss it? Like just start over, you know? And so I really mm-hmm. had to learn how to like find the joy of living. And yeah. I really feel like there is a beauty in that. And if I had any kind of lesson to learn in this life, like if I came back and I was like, I'm going to learn one thing, it has been like learning to live despite circumstance. And I, you know, I told my husband, I was, I told him I was crying over this pandemic and terrified I was going to get it. And I was like, for, I've only been truly happy and at home and felt like things were amazing for me finally for four and a half years. And that's how long we've been together. I I feel like I'm in this place that I want to choose life. And now there's this thing so much bigger than me that at all corners is like threatening to take it. And like, Mm. it's such an inverse from like before this, when all life was there for me to take and I was wanting to take myself out of it. Mm. And so it's just it's like, okay, so now here's, this is new. So now you're at a place where you want to live. Great. There's a big illness that doesn't want you to. <laughs> Again. I'm really glad you're still here. Hey. Me too. Glad. I mean, I've been through something not, I don't know if you would say, I feel like I immediately was like, no, wait, I don't want to die, you know, but I, I went through something where I was very, you know, near the edge. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people get there and we just never know. They do. And you know, like many people choose life and they, mm. and they keep going. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And we could always make an attempt to choose that, but we also mm-hmm. cannot pretend to be another person and make their decisions for them. Yeah. Or that I can even understand, like I can't even understand and it's okay. I don't need to fully get it, you know, to have compassion for what they experienced. And, you know, I just, 
I don't know. It, but also, I guess I just want to note for anybody like struggling, because right now so many people are isolated and I just want to be really clear that I want you to stay here, <laughs> you know, like just because I'm saying like, I respect my friend Zoe's choice. I, and my professor, Tom, um, my poetry professor that I just love so much, I respect his choice, but I also, um, you know, I miss them so much and you do have people who will miss you. So that's just my message, not to guilt you to stay just cause people are going to miss you. But I'm just saying like, you are valued. You are loved. Um, if by no one else, I write this all the time. Like almost every post I make, I'm like, I love you. And I mean it. If you are reading the words, like I, I know people can like, just throw out I love yous and it doesn't mean anything anymore. But I swear every time I say I love you and we could have just met or we could have never had a conversation. I promise every time I say it, I mean it. So we are literally the same person. Huh? We are the same person. I know. No, we do have a lot in common and and I, and I like that because I feel like you, you also, we also have things to like teach each other, but yeah, also to like quick and it's not designed to like, sell anyone anything but Monday nights at 5 30 p.m central time I host a free totally free I'm not talking about anything that I'm selling during this but I have a support circle so if you are one of those people that is like really isolated or or you're like me and you're like having kid overload and you need someone to you know you just need that sacred space online please come. I don't care if we've ever talked. We are, you know, you're going to be a friend for that time at least. So come on over and, you know, it's over Zoom. I'll put out the password day of. Listen, there is no more genuine human than Naomi. I truly like, just like you are a treasure of a human. Um, You truly are. I I fuck up a lot. (laughs) I fuck up every, I fuck up constantly. I mean, but like, you know, there are very few people who are like, yeah, I fucked that up. And, uh, but I'm not going to next time or I will. And then I will sincerely apologize again and do better. You know? Yeah. Feedback is like really a part of my personal practice and my business. Like I need feedback. And if I say something in a reading or just publicly say something that hurts you, like that, it really hurts you. And you want to tell me, you don't have to explain, you don't have to educate me, but let, let me know so I can educate myself because I want to reduce harm, you know, like as a white woman in the world, <laughs> in spiritual circles, it's really, really important that my ears stay open and my inbox is open for, for yeah. that critique, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you're genuine, and you're genuinely saying that, you know, it's, and it's very, you know, and again, like tying it back all in, like, this is the amazing thing about pulling a card and having conversations. Like that is such a six of cups thing, right? Feedback. I mean, in the way of like these two kids being a mirror for each other. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're, well, so like if you do a reading and like we both do, we both give readings and you say something and it's harmful and this person comes to you genuinely and it came from your heart, what you were saying, it was not meant to be. But if somebody comes to you from their heart and says, this is a thing, now you're in kind of the six of the six, like, which is an expansion, a personal heart expansion. Now you're mm-hmm. there. Um, and now you're going to like take that in, again into the seven and become self-aware so that you don't do it again. And then mm-hmm. it's transformed nine is on. Yeah. So I've already said that. It is amazing to me that we can pull a card. And we can tangent the fuck 
off a thousand <laughs> times, but it's not a, it's not a tangent. It all relates back to this kind of six of cups mentality of share. You know, it's just very, I almost feel like every card could be an access point for anything. Yes. It's just a different like filter to put on situations sort of like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it does because that's humanity, right? Like it and helps that I'm like intimately familiar with six of cups too. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, you know, and like, that's the thing, like anybody can read tarot because we all have something to say. We all have a voice. We all have experiences. We all have ways. We go through our own course, right? Our own course of life. Like every reading I come back from, I'm like, wow, I learned, I learned something from what I just said that I don't, sometimes I feel like I don't know where it comes from, but I really do think it's like spirit, you know, like, Oh, I had no idea that spirit was going to like come through in that way about that card. What, (laughs) you know? Yes. And I love that. I want to like, because you did say, like you did say that you were so intimately in tune with the six of cups. I want you to, if you want to share, uh, you said that you lived, you pulled this card very frequently for what a year Mm -hmm. during my Saturn return last year. (laughs) Would you be willing to talk about like, the difference between when you first started pulling this card to the end of pulling this card, like the difference in mindset or the lesson or this thing that, um, how it kind of transformed you with that is that you don't have to share if you don't want to, but I'd love, no, no, I'm, I'm happy to. So about a year ago, I also, or maybe a little more, I guess it was like last, yeah, last March ish. I, um, I made my first flower essence and I had been working with the tarot, but I just started reading for other people just starting um, in March of last year, which is not very long. Right. Um, so I was pulling the six of cups for myself a lot. And I just remember being like, why, what am I missing? Like, why am I still pulling this? Like, what is this? What's happening? Um, what am I missing? I think is the thing that can come up. Like, why is, am I still getting this? And I was already doing some inner child healing work. I'm y'all, I am super obsessed with these little fairy toys from the nineties that was like a really limited run. They're called fairy winkles. Yes. They're pieces of plastic, but they bring me joy and I don't give a fuck. Okay. And they're vintage. So it's okay that I'm bringing plastic garbage more into my house. But anyway, (laughs) it's not garbage. It's so important to me. But anyway, my husband really is so sweet about this too. Like he's, he's like, bought me some of them and like really like nourished this in me, which is sweet. Cause I feel like usually people I've dated in the past would have been like, girl, you are almost 30. You are playing with toys. But anyway, so I kept thinking like when I was pulling this card, I'm like, why do I keep getting this? Like, what am I missing? And I just, I was in a big period of contraction that I'm really just seeing the light out of. Um, and I, I had trouble, like, right after I had my son, too. I had a lot of postpartum, like, weirdness. It was undiagnosed ADHD, but we thought it was, uh, you know, postpartum, like, anxiety and depression. But that's a whole other tangent. But that this is part of, you know, the health weirdness that I was navigating all last year. And I'm just starting to kind of figure out, like, what the fuck, right? But um, I would I'd get on Instagram. I'd be like, y'all tell me what, what is this? Why do I keep getting this card repeating? And everybody would have different answers. And it was great. I love, I love like opening it up. Like y'all, I do this for, for you. So you <laughs> tell me what you see here, like what's happening. And I moved past just like 
you know, drilling, dr- trying to drill the uh, lessons into my head and just kind of like, I'm just being visited by this old friend, you know, and, and it's not like invite, it's not telling me to do anything. It's like an invitation, not an order, not like this demand, like you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And it's like, no, no, no. In fact, you have to let go of that completely. And I kind of made this switch from like, when I first started giving readings, I feel like I was very solution oriented. Like, here's what you should do. Should, should, should. And I'm do not read that way at all anymore. And I'm glad because I don't think it's that helpful most of the time, unless someone specifically like, what would you do? Um, I really, I've moved past that. And that this card has taught me that for sure, that like everything doesn't need a solution. Some things just need observance. Right. And but like with these flowers, it's like, you just smell it. You don't have to make it into any medicine. Like I, it, unless it wants to be medicine, you know, <laughs> beautiful. What does it want? Oh my God. That's beautiful. Like, Oh my God. What did you teach me? Oh my God. That right there. Um, yeah. Like stop and smell the flowers. Like sometimes all that you need to do is have an emotion and have somebody witness it. There have been thousands of times that I've had like a memory come up and been like, Oh my God, like this really horrible thing happened to me and I don't want you to feel bad, Gabe, but can I tell you the story? Mm, you know, yeah. I don't want him to cry. I don't want him to be like, Oh, your childhood was horrible. Cause like, yes, it was but now move on. Uh, but you know, like right. I, like I don't get to share memories or like childhood mm. stories the way some people do because my, like nobody really wants to hear about that time. Your mom kicked you, you know? Um, yeah. But like, sometimes you just want to tell it and it is the six mm-hmm. of cups can be such a witness card. Like your heart being a witness to somebody else's heart. Naomi. Oh my God. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, and man. I, I think so something happened yesterday that I now want to tell you about because yes. it just kind of reminded me. So yesterday I've been working with flower essences again, just for a year. You got my very first essence. No, I didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I mean, I had plenty of them. Like, no, you know, I'm so honored. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I, I don't even know what to say, but okay. <laughs> Naomi, this has been, you have been one of the people that I, I have been so excited to like have on this podcast. Um, because I just have so much, and I mean, like I tell you this constantly, but like, you just have, I have so much respect for your mind and the way that you speak and the way that you read and the way that you like have your business and the way that you conduct it. Like whenever I think about like a business model, like, okay, like if I ever did go to full time, you know, tarot reading and teaching, like what what I want to kind of um, exude or like, what would I want to model my business after? And it is yours time and time again. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm so not like a business person. And I think that's That's why I love you. I, yeah, well, I'm not, it's funny too, because people think like, I'm a Capricorn with Capricorn stellium, or stellum, however you say it. I'm very Capricorn. I'm a goatee bitch, okay? But I still am not a good business person. I'm not good at like, people, that, you think we're, we're like great with like money and like love money. And like, I want a society without money, but until then I have to make it. So that, like, that's my, <laughs> that's my feelings, but Anyway, I, I've been thinking about doing some like Zoom, really short like Zoom classes um, for tarot. And I was thinking about doing one for business eventually, like in a series of like, this is how I do it. And, you know, I don't know. 
I think that's great. I think anything that you can offer and like have available for people in regards to teaching or classes to take or even just communities in regards to this quarantine, I think it's a wonderful idea. I wish I wish I had more time to like do You're something like so that. But, like, with your job though. Yeah. But you know, I, but I love that there are people like you doing that because there isn't anybody else. Like I, I have the, I, I have, there wasn't anybody else I would send people to, to learn tarot. Like I'd be like, yes, good to Naomi. like what an amazing opportunity you have. Um, and I just love you. And you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the recording here in a second. So I want you to remind people, but then I want to talk to you afterwards and keep telling you how much. Okay. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll let y'all, I'll let you know when I do this, when I get my zoom classes together, I want to do a class just on the minors and like a class on, you know, like the stuff that like, I feel like we know so much about, we hear so much about major arcana and I just like a class about the minors, a class about the court cards, a class about tarot rituals, things like that. And they would just be like an hour long or so and sliding scale and I'd probably put them on Patreon too. So I have a Patreon. I'll plug myself. Patreon, yeah. Sleepy House Healing. I do free collective readings every month. So even if you have zero dollars, you belong. Um and yeah, we have the Monday night support circles, five PM uh uh yeah, central and uh over Zoom. You can find it on my Instagram, Sleepy House Healing and what else? I do have a tarot mentorship I'm going to start for people yep. in October. So Samhain is when it starts. So you have time to like, people have time to decide, first of all, if I am the person that you want as your tarot mentor. And also have a little time to save money, but it's not going to be a cost, a super costly experience. It's going to be nine months long um, with uh, tarot circles every two weeks. So... And yeah, that's beautiful. I'm so, I'm so, I've had people ask me for mentorship for so long and I'm like, I can't do it because it's going to cost you a lot of money if I'm one-on-one -on -one with you. But I also really want it to be like a smaller group, but I want to, you know, I want it to be really, really good. So I'm taking my time on the witch's new year, so to speak, we will begin and nine months just for the tarot reader to like gestate and be born, you know? So I beautiful. I mean, and, and like what an also like what a beautiful opportunity to learn tarot and also learn how to synthesize it and ask questions and really learn how to like, not just like know what the cards mean, like a flash card, but really understand how they work for you. And like, this is kind of like what this podcast, like in this very small way can do, but to like work with somebody one-on-one -on -one where that is like the primary focus, what a beautiful, beautiful offering that you have. I'm so excited. And I'm really, I'm really going to try to keep it accessible. And if not sliding scale, it's going to be like, literally, it's going to be like less than 50 bucks a month for every participant, though there will be the thing of like, you will have to do the whole nine months with me. So I'm, I'm giving people a lot of notice. I'm starting to tell people like this will be happening because I have like four people who are definitely in and I'm not going to go over eight so that it can be a really small, tight knit group. Everybody can talk to each other. You know, they can study together. The only thing that might be required, I might have people buy my tarot workbook, which is $25. Um, or maybe I can do a discount for people who do it. I don't know. Um, it's still, I'm still birthing it, right? I'm still deciding how exactly it will be, but I just, I'm too. 
Huh? You have time too. Like I have time. Can. Yes. And I really, I just want it to be available for people who have never touched a deck and be able to leave, not necessarily a professional tarot reader reading for other people, but if they want to do that, it, it's in reach, you know? Yeah. No, you're so right. This is, what a great idea. I'm so excited. What an, like, just like, as like, it, you know, thinking back to like when I first got tarot, what a cool thing that would have been available at that point. I have been anti-teaching my entire life. I think I've told you before that like my mother was a teacher and I thought that was the only way to do it, mm-hmm. you know? And now that I'm understanding that like, I don't need to know everything no. and I can't know everything. Teacher, and it's not about like, oh, I know so much. I can teach. You know, like I used to worry that that's what it would be, but it's a totally different thing um, now coming into that role. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and the Zoom classes are going to be. If you're not someone who can devote nine months or don't want to, the Zoom classes they're going to be like you know sometime in April. I'll do one. Maybe I'll do one each month that are about an hour long. Sliding scale probably some spots for totally free just because I really, I really like to be inclusive. Cause I know so many people have zero income right now and I'm not about to try to make them prioritize some session work with me over food, you know, basic needs. Like that's gross. You know, I'm not rich at all, but I have food to eat and that is a blessing. So yeah, it is, you know, it is such that these times are, these times are like that in late stage capitalism, but Naomi, thank you for being on this. Uh, I like what an, ep- like what an episode. I'm so excited. Like, I'm so excited for, for you all to hear this. And, um, I'm so excited that we got to do this and <laughs> very like, I mean, we went, we went there, didn't we? <laughs> we went, we went to the deepest corners within the six of cups and like even went all the way to like, you know, death. It's amazing. Yes. But I, and, but I mean like that's just the connectedness. That's how like tarot works and it's such a beautiful thing. But Naomi, um, let us say goodbye to our, to our, I was going to say babies. They're not our babies. That was patronizing. Goodbye to you people. You grown adults. Loves darlings dears. Is that what the word witch says when they end the, a podcast. I love, I love them. They say like loves darlings, dears or friends is a good one. Yeah. Thank you for listening friends. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram, Patreon, or my website, sleepy house healing. And on Facebook, it's sleepy house tarot. And that's where you can book a tarot reading. You can't see me, but I'm making like, you know, uh, wheel of fortune, like the show, uh, vibes, you know, no, I, <laughs> Yeah, I, I almost said La- uh, Lana for some reason. Yes, Vanna White. Motion <laughs> in my house. Yes, go look up Naomi. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Hey, all. Welcome to the other. And uh, I love when I get to book end the episodes, start and finish. This episode was so fun and so informative. And just, I mean, when Naomi said we really went there, we went here, there, and everywhere. And it was so fun. Um, I really do hope that you go and check out her Patreon website and Instagram because she's truly a joy. Um, But without further ado, couldn't decide if it was to-do or a-do, so we'll just bookmark this with to-do. This is the part of the podcast where I get out and start a round of Jeopardy. It's the collective reading. Uh, This coming week, we are going into kind of a the end of a mastery state in one of the suits. We are going into the reverse king of swords. And this is really important because 
here's the dealio. If you pay attention to anything happening in the news, you understand that we have a president who, and a lot of really loudmouth people who are saying we need to reopen everything. We really have to choose who we listen to, where we get our news from, where we go to for information. Are you going to listen to Dr. Fauci and other scientists and doctors? Or are you going to listen to somebody who started a fake university and then bankrupted it and then got like cited for fraud? I mean, here's the deal. You really have to decide not just in regards to the news, but in our lives. Pay attention to yourself. Do you really think you should be going out and doing that thing? Really pay attention in your life and in in the way that you're going about this next week into how you are communicating and listening to other people and their leadership, how you are, how you are providing leadership. Um, the king of swords is two elements. It's fire and it's air. And this is really talking about how we speak, how passionately we do it, how passionately we not just give leadership, but follow leadership. And this coming week is going to be really, really important uh, in regards to that. So just pay attention. Um, Other than that, this episode has been so long, so I'm just going to jump out. See y'all next week. (laughs) 